Welcome to Street Knowledge with Chris Graham. Welcome to the podcast. I am Chris Graham, and it is Monday. And on Mondays, we bring Rod Mullins in to talk about NASCAR. And as the Virginia swing for the NASCAR Cup Series uh, went into week two, we'll count Bristol as week three. It's technically in Tennessee. William Byron gets the win. Uh, He's the first repeat winner in the NASCAR season in 2022. Uh, Overtime sprint. and, and uh, very exciting in he, he and Joey Logano dueling out there down the stretch in the half mile track. Rod, uh, what was the key to victory for William Byron in this one? I think it was just hungry for the win. He was wanting that win uh, uh, an awful lot. He had the car, you know, Hendrick dominated this race. I mean, you look at it any other way, 397 laps out of 400 laps for that race up there at Martinsville. Uh, that's kind of unheard of 10,000 laps in one single track. Hendrick, uh, accomplished something that no other NASCAR team has been able to do in the history of NASCAR. And that is record and lead or, you know, 10,000 laps on a particular track and Martinsville, like I said, last week has always been kind of a home away from home for Hendrick motorsports. And they definitely proved it, but you know, I think the key was. William Byron stayed out when there were some of the teams that were pitting and a lot of them didn't uh, pit like they indicated they might do there when that caution came out late there in the race and they thought, okay, chance now to get some tires, maybe go back in, get this taken care of, and we can maybe make a run here toward the end. But Joey Logano was the one that took advantage of that. Uh, You saw Austin Dillon just kind of drop to the wayside. Chase Elliott, who had led most of the race there at one point, he kind of dropped back. Don't know really what was going on with the the Hendrick Motorsports Chevrolet there with uh, Chase Elliott, but he led uh, something like 194, 195, something like that laps. And uh, then relinquished it to William Byron, but at least they kept it in the same race team. They kept it in the Hendrick Motorsports stable. But uh, I think Byron was just hungry this time around. I think he wanted this race an awful lot. Uh, Indications were that, you know, last year, you know, this was when his mom got diagnosed with brain cancer last year. She had had a mini stroke, and he uh, he alluded to that in the uh, post-race comments on on Saturday night. But uh, I think he really wanted that. His mom and dad were both there atop the pit box, and they were watching the race, and both of them were just overjoyed that, you know, he won that race. And I think that that's what he had in his mind. He wanted one, winning one for his mom, for his parents, and so forth. And then the second thing was – going out there and really just showing Hendrick domination. That's what they were trying to do all along. Only two cautions on the night. And the second one was the one with five laps to go that uh, got us into overtime. Uh, You know, normally in, you know, Martinsville uh, in general, and then in general on the shorter tracks, you see a lot of bumping and banging, but uh, boy, just amazing that they only had the two cautions. Yeah, it is. It's amazing that they only had those two cautions. I was amazed by it. I've read a lot of people that uh, given comments and said this was the most boring Martinsville race they had ever watched or had been a part of. Uh, you know, one one sports writer I'd uh, read out there said Martinsville this time around was a dud. And, you know, it kind of didn't live up to that Saturday night racing sort of thing of the beating and banging sort of deal. I don't know. Maybe some of that was from you know, Friday night when Sam, uh, Sam Meyer and, uh, and JD Gibbs got into it, uh, with that little, that little fracas, uh, there at the end of the race. But, uh, you know, I don't know, this was one of those times where they said that the car just, I don't know, the car performed well, but I don't know if it was just 
the same situation as what it has been at Richmond. I'm sure we'll see a different situation at Bristol this coming week, but you know, it's, it's been a different situation and Martinsville maybe just didn't give us a chance to see what this car can do on that flat track, that paperclip track that they've got. We'll maybe find out more come fall when they have to race up there again in about uh, September, October. So we'll have to wait on that one to see, but uh, didn't impress a lot of people this time around. Uh, any fallout, by the way, since you mentioned the, uh, the, I'm sure a lot of folks who are listening to this podcast have seen uh, video of that uh, post-race uh, fight there. Uh, yep. Any fallout from that, from NASCAR uh, in, a, in a recent days? Pretty much they just hauled him to the trailer and they told him, you guys are going to work this thing out for yourself. I, you know, I had to look at that and I was watching it uh, when the race was going down and the end of it right there. And, you know, I saw it and I said, there's going to be trouble. One. Meyer has jumped out of the car. You know, he's ready to go up and confront Gibbs over this whole thing. And, you know, Gibbs pretty much had that race won until some things, some shuffling got him uh, put back there in the field. But, you know, these guys in the Xfinity series were just doing what normally comes to you on a Saturday night or Friday night, whichever case, but Saturday night racing when you're beating and banging for position and trying to do that. Um, you know, the only thing was I'm, I'm kind of mixed. In one way, I think J.D. Gibbs uh, was a little bit of a chicken for not taking his helmet off. And then the <laughs> second thing around, I'm, I'm kind of saying, well, you know, it's kind of smart that he left the helmet on in the first place, but Meyer didn't land any punches on him or anything. He just took his head and, and aimed toward his stomach is pretty much what he did to try to bring him down. So, you know, I don't know, give or take, I wouldn't rank that as, um, you know, one of the, uh, the best wrestling fights or boxing fights that you might see at a NASCAR race. But, uh, you know, he did, uh, Gibbs did get in about two or three good punches, one around the chin or one around the jaw right in here. And then another one that, uh, Meyer had a little bit of a shiner going in there in the interview and that eye was starting to swell up a little bit. So, uh, Gibbs is not exactly a, uh, pushover on the track, uh, on the track or outside the track or off the track. He's not a pushover. Definitely. Yeah, you know, you might not have been a good wrestling, but it would have been good wrestling as far as wrestling. that goes. Yeah, uh, that's it. If we want to talk wrestling. about the other good southern sport there. Um uh you know, and, and I you know, I wanted to talk too about the weather. We talked about the weather last week going into the race. We looked at it, it was gonna be a cool night. It was even cooler than expected, almost cold out there. In fact, the race was delayed, uh the start was delayed by about an hour because of sleet falling. Uh, and yeah. there was a chance of snow Sunday night. What the, I don't I don't remember a NASCAR race uh, with with sleet uh, in in the area and, uh, and and temperatures this cold in quite a while. Oh, yeah, it's been a long time. It's probably been about uh, fifteen, I'd say fifteen, sixteen years or so since the last time that I was at a race, especially Bristol, when we had a uh, snowfall. We had snow. Uh, I think on the Saturday race of the uh, of the Xfinity series. Uh, some of the crews were out there throwing snowballs. They were out there making snow angels out on the track. You know, that was a lot of snow that day. And then, uh, we got to Sunday, Sunday started out. Okay. I was up in the stands and I was watching the race with a friend of mine and we're watching that race. And I'm telling you, I have never been that cold in all of my life. I, that temperature, I was wearing a winter jacket. 
I was prepared. I was dressed, but I still was freezing to death. And it was just surprising. The only other time that I have been that cold was at the Virginia Tech, Virginia game that uh, set with your wife. And also my wife was along. We came up there for the uh, Blacksburg trip to see that game. But man, that was when it was cold. It was bone chilling cold. And that tells me how cold that was. I remember that night. It was 2018. I remember yep. that night. Uh, uh, from the football game perspective. So I looked at the forecast, Bristol, no snow in the forecast. It's right. going to be in the sixties during the day on Sunday. Um, a night race on Easter mm -hmm. Sunday, uh, on the dirt track at Bristol, man, there's a lot of things going on here. Uh, and you'll be there for Augusta free press ride. Uh, yep. get us, get us ready for Bristol this weekend. Well, we just got to remind people, uh, the Xfinity series won't be racing this weekend at Bristol. It'll be the camping world truck series. They'll be racing on Saturday night. Friday's going to be primarily cup and, uh, camping world truck series practice time more than anything. Then they'll have some, uh, heat qualifying races. If you want to call them that on Saturday. And I think they'll have that same thing also on Sunday as well for the, uh, for the cup series, but either way, they're going to set this thing up. Uh, they are anticipating a big crowd for this. You know, it used to be, there were two things that you didn't do in NASCAR racing on Sundays. And this was, you didn't race on Easter and you didn't race on mother's day. And now both of those have kind of been thrown to the wind by NASCAR because, you know, they feel like, Hey, this is something that we can you know, we feel like we can deliver a, a big ticket item on this particular time, but you know, I was, uh, going over some things too, and I'm going to forward the graphics on to you probably a little bit later on, but, uh, I was surprised with some of the, uh, the, uh, the things that they're making the fans do this time around at Bristol. And it's not anything that's, that's terrible, but there's just things that are different this time around than, than I recall, like for example, you know, you've got prohibited items such as uh, you can't have the hard coolers in there, no firearms, of course, no knives or anything else, but you can't have utility tools. You can't have them this time around. The little Swiss Army knife sort of thing about the pliers and different things like that. You can't have that. But the one that really got me was this, and I'll uh, pull this up real quick. And they've gone to a clear bag policy, which is pretty much for NCAA teams and basketball and so forth, digital tickets, but nothing will be handled with cash this time around. No cash at the racetrack. They're going to have metal detectors. Um, all this stuff is going to be in place for the race. And, and you'll understand they're trying to take security reasons and different things like this, but you know, the cashless thing is kind of what surprised me. I know a lot of people will go and they still want to use the cash occasionally at the concession stands and so forth, but they're telling people this time around, no cash will be accepted on site. Major credit card and debit cards will be accepted instead. So, you know, some changes right there. And then of course, the big thing is this is not going to be a Saturday or Sunday afternoon race. Both of these are going to be night races under the lights. Uh, it's only going to be the, I think the first time really ever in quite a while that both Bristol races are going to be under the lights, one in April, and then the other one coming up in September. So it's a, it's a big deal. This is, uh, you know, they're bringing in all the stops. They're bringing in, uh, music for a, uh, for a pre-race kind of service on Easter and so forth. So they're really going and pulling out all the stops with this one. The thing that they've got to make sure of this time around for this track is to make sure that dirt holds in place. It did well during these national races that they had the dirt nationals, 
But when you get about, you know, 38, 39, 40 cars out on that track, and they're going to be, you know, blistering around through there, you know, last year it was either dust or it was mud from where the, um, it had just rained and showered briefly. And then all that crud of that clay and stuff started getting up in that, uh, bottom part of that spoiler on that, uh, on the cars. Um, they're just going to take some precautions this time around. I think it's going to make this probably a prime time ticket for a lot of people. We may see if this really goes off. Well, you could maybe see this every year coming up from Bristol and have a night race. But, you know, it's like always somebody has asked me the question, why in the world would you spend millions of dollars to go and haul in dirt and clay on this track? And then right after this race is going to be over with, they're going to be tearing it all up and getting the concrete ready for the race in September. And I'm like, you know, I don't have the money. I don't know how that is. I don't know how to explain that, but still. You know, Speedway Motorsports has got something in mind, and they've definitely attracted a crowd with this dirt race before, and they're hoping to do the same thing again. Yeah, you know, they just want to do different things and offer different uh, uh, kinds of races, just like the, the Roval uh, in mm -hmm. Charlotte, the second race of the uh, Charlotte's, uh, on, in Charlotte schedule each year is the Roval. Just do something a little different. Mm -hmm. uh, I can see it, and plus bringing back that dirt track appeal right. uh, that uh, so many of us who, who've gone out to um, – our local tracks have gotten used to over the years. And now I see the big boys doing it. It's yep. kind of cool. Hey, I did just look at the weather forecast. Now I said, you know, no snow uh, in the forecast for the weekend, but there is a chance of rain Saturday night um, into early Sunday morning. And I say early, like just like overnight hours, maybe mm -hmm. a quarter of an inch. It looks like based on the, uh, the projections as of now, um, what could that do? What could, how, even though that's, you know, that's, it, it might be 18 hours. Uh, it might be over 18 hours before race time. Can that have an impact in terms of the dirt? Could it make it muddy and that kind of thing? Well, it might make it a little bit muddy if they were, you know, intending to run the race in the afternoon or something. But I think with uh, the breaker cars that they have that runs through there and what they do, they pack it down. They they go and they pack this, uh, this clay and this dirt down to where it looks slick. It almost looks like it's a, you know, a shiny track the way that they, they do this. And they did that last year. They had to go back. They had to water it down a little bit more. And then they had to run those breaker cars over top of it. And they go in the opposite direction. They don't go in the same direction that the cars do. They go the opposite around the track. And they pack that stuff down. And they, you know, they're small little like four-cylinder or six-cylinder cars. It's just uh, kind of either on the junk heap or just something that they can go out there and they can just put that, you know, down and start pressing that clay and that dirt down to where it kind of all mixes together. Uh, if we have a rain right at about before seven o'clock, you know, or sometime around that, uh, that time on Sunday afternoon, yeah, it's going to probably put us back probably about an hour or two trying to get that thing dry. Cause you can't bring jet dryers out there on dirt. That's just going to make an even bigger mess out of it, but it could delay us a little bit, but you know, I'm hoping that it'll be later on. They'll be able to get the race in and probably about three or three and a half hours be done at least before 11 o'clock. And then if there's any rain comes in, it'll come in after everything is already moved out. So good deal. Good deal. Well, you'll be there uh, for Augusta free press. Uh, I'm, I'm guessing all weekend uh, with yeah. the uh, holiday weekend coming up. So uh, what can folks expect uh, from, from, from you and from Augusta free press uh, for, for, for coverage this weekend? 
Well, what we're going to do is try to provide updates and everything. We'll do that on Facebook. We'll provide that probably forward some things onto Twitter, and we'll we'll take care of that of uh, putting some news and information out there about the race. Uh, we'll follow some different stories if there's things going on out there of uh, you know changes or somebody going to be driving a, a new car or somebody's looking at driving a new car uh, in later races. I know this is a time that a lot of things promotional stuff can take place. Uh, you know, for example, we had Goldberg down there a couple of years ago that just waltzed in, came into the uh, Enfield Media Center. And uh, we got one of the uh, we got one of the very few stories out there about Goldberg that just went all over the place, and I was happy with that because Goldberg came in. He was really nice, you know. A lot of people kind of poo pooed it off and just said, you know, it's just some kind of wrestling guy and stuff. But he actually, to me, seemed very, you know, honest about I love racing. I love Southern racing. I love to watch these cars go around. Of course, this was prior to dirt track racing. But Goldberg seemed very sincere about it, and, you know, it just took off. And that's one of those moments where you're looking for at least a story or somebody that comes in, uh, delivers some uh, some notes or talks about some things, and then, you know, says something or shows up at that race, and it's like, wow, this person is at a NASCAR dirt track race? Wow, what is actually brought all this all about and so forth? That's the kind of thing we want to get out there. And then, of course, the Saturday night race, we're going to talk about the Camping World Truck Series. It's something we don't talk a whole lot about because the Cup Series kind of takes precedence over the uh, over the uh, Camping World Truck Series. But we're going to give those guys some fair due on uh, on Saturday night and everything for their effort of what they go out there and do. You've got some people, Matt Benedetto, that's racing right now in the Truck Series. Uh, lost his ride from last year. He was with the Wood Brothers and. He kind of fell back to the truck series, and so he's looking for some wins. He's looking to race really well, and then we'll probably see some others kind of uh, step into roles. And uh, for some reason, I think uh, Kyle Larson is going to be racing at Volunteer Speedway, which is just down the interstate. He's going to be racing in, a, I think, a special race on Thursday night prior to all this stuff going on, Thursday or Friday night. So you've got that kind of storyline going on. And then, of course, on Sunday – We'll talk a little bit about, you know, I think the big news is going to be Daryl Waltrip's returning to the press box for uh, Sunday. Uh, a lot of people are saying, you know, what in the world has happened? Well, Fox is going through all these different announcers and they got back to it. And now they're like, they're bringing old boogity boogity back and putting Daryl Waltrip in the press box. And I don't think it's a bad move because, you know, he always has loved Bristol. He thinks it's just a great track. Uh, we'll get a chance to probably see him, hear from him about some things of how he feels the sport is going, this next generation car. And then, of course, we'll get to the race on Sunday night. And we'll have updates uh, during the course of the race on Facebook. And like I said, on Twitter, we'll get those out there. And then all you've got to do is we'll have the write up and hopefully have some photos or, you know, something like that afterwards. And we'll have uh, coverage, complete coverage from that weekend. And then, of course, next Monday, we'll get back together and we'll, right. if we haven't already covered it with your words in print, then we'll cover it with words uh, as we're talking about things. That'll be a lot yep. of a lot of good stuff this coming weekend. Well, Rod, a busy weekend upcoming for yep. you, but a fun one, I'm sure, as well. Yeah, it's going to be fun. Uh, you know, I didn't get a chance to see it last year and had things going on last year. And 
um, had to watch it on television. And I thought to myself, you know, I've seen a dirt race before. I'd seen the world of outlaws at Bristol a long time ago. And I thought this is going to be fun. And it was fun watching it on television. I'm, I'm expecting this thing to be a lot more fun this time around. Joey Logano kind of unexpected last year ended up winning that race. Uh, you know, who knows this time around Kyle Larson, he's been running the dirt. William Byron's even been running dirt. I think he ran a dirt race uh, the other night, won a dirt race. And so, uh, you know, here it is. You're kind of setting this scenario up some of these guys that are doing some extra racing on the side, and they're going to have some experience, whereas some of these guys are like, I could care less about a dirt track. And we're going to see who adapts well and who doesn't adapt well on Sunday night. Well, we're looking forward to the race and also your coverage and uh, wish you the best of luck and have a lot of fun, Rod. Thanks for your time today. I appreciate it, Chris, and I appreciate the opportunity for Augusta Free Press being able to go and do this because uh, to me, it's it's just a fun time. It's a fun thing, and I just um, I just enjoy it when I get a chance to go. Well, I'm jealous of you, so you get to have all the fun. <laughs> and I'll, I'll sit back here, and we'll, we'll get all the stories posted. Okay. Thanks to Rod Mullins for his time today, and thank you for listening, everyone. Have a great day, everybody.